Coming live from Toronto, Canada is our guest this evening. Welcome to this very special edition of the KJ Masterclass Live, the show which ensures that you profit from your time spent here with experts, either through their industry insights, information, or simply learning from them. And before I move forward, may I request you to subscribe, follow, like, and comment on whichever platform you are watching or listening to this show on. And today we have Robert Lauden, owner of Robert Lauden Photography from Canada. Welcome to the show, Robert. Hi, thanks for having me. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for joining us. And today we'll be talking about how to run a successful photography business. You are already an internationally published commercial photographer. You specialize in industrial, architectural and landscape photography. And your clients include some of the largest industrial corp companies in the world and many of the leading construction companies in Canada. So you are the perfect person to tell us about this. So, uh, uh, Robert, can you tell us, firstly, what it is like to be a photographer, photographer in today's time? Um, it's, it's kind of strange. To be um, no, it's good. It's fun, but it's, it's very different than any nine to five job you might be used to. It's very different hours. Um, you do a lot of different things that you don't think you would do. Um, like a lot of it's business. Most of the stuff I do is client relations and things like that too. So it's like a very different career I'd say than a normal job. Um, that makes sense. Okay, okay, but it's quite a creative job, and you know, uh, but people uh, understand that you are doing a good amount of job. But in terms of earning money, everywhere in the world, it's a bit different. Photography is a different thing altogether. There are opportunities, different sort of opportunities everywhere in the world. So, uh, if you can tell us how how does one become a professional photographer who does not have to star? Uh, for sure. So I, there's a few ways to start. Um, one is you just kind of start your own business and go from there. Uh, lots of people do that, just kind of train themselves and start shooting friends, photos, family photos, weddings, stuff like that. Um, there's another avenue. Um, that's the one I kind of did is I went to school as well and got professionally trained. Um, and then I started my business when I came out of school. Um, and then there's a, like another aspect where some people will apprentice for years under another photographer. And then they'll go out on their own after there, from there. Um, so it's kind of, it's a weird industry because it's kind of like, I like to say it's kind of like the wild west because you can kind of really do whatever you want. And it's really up to you to kind of figure it out. Like there's no, there's no set game plan that's going to work for you. Like what works for me might not work for you. Well, in the other way around on that. Right, right, Robert. So from a layman's perspective, Robert, we all know what, photographers are what photography is and a lot of people with a camera think that they are a photographer you can't stop <laughs> them but professional photography and the things that you are doing industrial photography architectural photography landscape photography that's serious business and when there is serious business it has to involve serious money mm -hmm. now in Canada, it might be a bit different. I saw your website. You have a great website. You have a good number of good pictures. And uh, it seems you are doing a good number of, you know, clients also. Now, there it is like that. In India uh, or in several other places, uh, photography 
is a good profession, but uh, how lucrative it is, it differs from one person to person. If you are famous, if you are known, and if you are doing more of celebrities and, you know, specific works, then you get. But how do you, you know, think that this whole photography thing is changing now? Today, you see where everywhere you can get free pictures uh, available, free images available, all the companies. So it's become much more of organized, almost like an aggregator business. So what ways a photograph, photographer in terms of a freelance or in terms of a business, firstly in two ways, firstly as a freelance, how can they become a professional photographer and what are the different avenues that they can look for in terms of you know, as I said earlier, that, you know, there is a saying that, you know, this art, if you are an artist, then you might just starve to death. So how not to get into that? For sure. Um, I guess the, I'm going to start with the second part of your question, if that's okay. First, um, the the most important thing with any business, and you, you have to treat this like a business and not as a creative endeavor as much, is that you need a client that's going to buy from you. So you need to figure out your market where you are in that first and what you're willing to offer. Photography pays well is because companies need to advertise to generate business and clients. And uh, photography does that, I still think, better than anything else. Um, Video is comparable, but it's still not. It doesn't have the impact as photography does. So you have to identify that something that you're really good at or something you're passionate about. And then you need to find that market and then market to that. Like you mentioned with celebrities, like, Everyone's chasing, taking photos of celebrities, but the fact of it is, as a photographer, it really, unless you're top one of five people in the world, it pays garbage. Um, sorry for saying garbage. And it's, uh, it's not, it's not worth your time. Like you're way better to find small businesses or medium or actually even large businesses, to be honest, because they have better budgets and figure out a way that you can do something for them that's special. Like some people, you know, like they might be into rock climbing or they might be into, I don't know, motorcycle racing or things like that, where they have their own niche that they know more about than anyone else. They can mirror that with their photography. And then suddenly they have a package that very few people uh, have that they can compete with. And that, that's what's going to stand you out from everyone else. Um, okay. Yeah, carry on. And then to go back to like the starting of the business, uh, that's just kind of different for everyone. Like sometimes, um, like for me, when I came out of school, I started my business. And for better or worse, I just had to kind of figure it out because that was the market here. Like there were no jobs as photographers for other people where I'm from, um, which is central Canada, prairies. Um, and now I'm in Toronto, but just to clarify that. Um, so it's up to you if you want to start the business or if there's jobs and how you'll fit into that. Like some people are good at starting businesses. They can figure it out. They can, they understand they have to work very long hours for a future gain and they can figure things out on their own and all that stuff. Um, that's good for them. And then others, it'll take them longer to do. Um, I'd say any business courses you can take are going to help you. Um, things like that. But as far as starting the business, I'm sorry, I'm, I'm going on so long about this. Starting the business isn't the concern. The client is always the concern. And I think people forget that they try to say they're getting the business cards, the t-shirts and all these things, and then they're going to register the business. And it's like, honestly, like, see if you can find a few clients. And then if you're, you're making revenue, then start the business. But that's just me. Okay. Okay, Robert. So let me ask you, uh, now you are into this line for around 20 plus years. 
10 years independently now running your own company earlier on into the same line now what do you think clients look for do they look for only images or pictures then i can click and i can compete with you so what what do they exactly look for and and why do they then pay for that thing what yeah so they're paying for two things one they're paying for quality so you have to really stand out in this industry like you have to be better than other people and i'm not to get egotistical but you have to deliver a better product than what you can get for free and then the other thing is that they're looking for custom things and those pictures aren't free um like a company that makes like just trying to think of anything here like um say a company that makes furniture right there's no free photos of their furniture on the internet or there's no free photos of their staff on the internet or things like that so that custom need is still strong and i think that that's always going to be there um yeah okay okay so uh robert now tell me in terms of an amateur uh photographer mm -hmm. uh he's learning things and he thinks that he wants this is the right line for him how does he decide which side he should go like what made you go into you know uh industrial architectural and landscape photography how does or somebody wants uh just just you know just you like pleasant figures or uh, you know a uh, faces and also it does not mean that you are made for that line so in mm -hmm. the same way so how does one decide what line is best for them in terms of photography i think you need to be really interested in the subject like incredibly interested in the subject I've always really been interested in factories and machinery and how things work and stuff like that. So for me, going into industrial was just a good fit for me. And I really kind of, I think I excel at it. There's something about it that I'm, uh, I'm interested in it. So I, it's, it makes me delve deeper into it. And I would say that that's one of the key things. Like if you're, if you're not really into weddings, like I don't think you should waste your time shooting weddings because in any business, there's times where it gets really hard, right? And if you're not interested in enjoying it, then I don't think it's going to work for you. And I think you're way better to spend time finding that thing that you are interested about and you really want to do, and then figuring out how to make that work. And the thing with this industry and pretty much any business is it, it's very hard. It's very easy to see other people's success and think it's an overnight thing or it's that. And it, you know what the thing is a lot of people with the big flash and the things that come out big at the start like it doesn't last like this is really a marathon like if you're starting a business like you're you're really looking to start a business for hopefully the rest of your life like at least 10 years if not 20 you know so take your time and try to do it right if you can okay and in terms of industrial and architectural and landscape photography uh robert what should one look for while clicking a picture, taking a picture, how do you decide what is the best way to take a particular picture? You know, because humans can speak, they can tell, listen, you got, you can tell them, you can smile, you should do, but buildings are very static and they are there the way they are, but you make them speak through your photography. How do you do that? And how does, what, what can somebody learn from you on this? uh well that's a good question um it takes that 
just a lot of training, I guess. Architecture is exceptionally difficult. And people don't realize how hard it is. Um, I, I think like sometimes like just looking for new expect new perspectives on things or finding different ways to see things. And the more you do things, the more you kind of associate more to a feeling than a technicality over time. Although those technicalities are there. Um, yeah. So, I, okay. Did I answer your question? I don't know. Okay, what do you think? Let me ask. Okay. So when you put your, when you are about to take the picture, Mm -hmm. uh, what do you, what makes you click that, you know, uh, picture? Is it you thinking from your heart or are you thinking from your mind? How does industrial photography work? Yeah, it's kind of like that. It's kind of like a weird process. It's a little bit of both. I think it starts in my mind and then something comes from like the heart aspect of it. You always have an idea of what you want to see in your head but it's always like a creative process to get to that point. Uh, with photography, it can be very quick too, or it can take hours and days sometimes if you're looking for a specific shot. Um, but yeah, like it, there's something in there where you see it in your head and you have to visualize it and you can understand how it's going to work and how it might look, but then you have to figure out how you're going to make that happen with things that move and yeah, it's a little okay. different. Sorry, and, and in terms of briefing, how do the clients give briefs on the photography, uh, landscape photography? In in terms of weddings, they do okay. They got to look very beautiful. They got you know you know by and large you know what they expect. But in terms of industrial photography, how do you know what are the clients' briefs generally? What you make the building look beautiful? How do they? What do they tell you? And, and how do you understand, what do you understand, whether they say or they don't say? For sure. So I guess everyone wants the photos to look great right off the top. That's the, the standard across the whole industry. Um, it, it depends on the client. Like some clients just hire us for our style or my style, and that's what they want. They just say, go shoot this project and that's it. Um, other clients give us very detailed briefs, uh, very specific standards of what they want and expect from the photos. And it's our job to make that work, um, to match the the wish with the reality. And that that's that can be tricky and difficult. Same with the other aspect too. There's a lot of responsibility with it. Um, it's This industry is more involved than I would say like weddings are. Weddings are a lot about like meetings, meeting with the bride and it's more about like a relationship, right? Where this is more about like, there's certain specs, there's certain places the ads are gonna go, there's contracts, negotiations, like there's a lot of background um, on this type of work. Okay, okay. And how do you decide your, uh, you know, price or cost of whatever you do? This is a very different sort of business. You don't charge by the hour. So how does a person, I'm trying to understand uh, through you from a larger perspective, you know, for a lot of people in different countries and even in India, if somebody wants to, you know, get into it and get the right price for them. Pricing is such a weird thing. Um, it's such a strange thing. There's different markets and different markets will bear different things. Um, honestly, I think it's like you just try to charge as much as you can get. <laughs> that sounds bad, but um like that's really what it is. You have to kind of figure out where you are in the market and what you figure your skill set is to the next person. And 
try to put yourself there. Uh, the way I recommend to new photographers or anyone else, really like lots of photographers when they're talking about pricing is usually generally use pricing to control your calendar. If you're overbooked, you're too cheap. So you need to raise your, raise your prices up. Like a lot of, everyone will start off cheap. That's what you have to do to get started. Um, and then when you start getting too busy, you need to up your prices to control that. And that's the model I recommend you follow. Um, just to, there's a, I, I stole that idea. There's this famous um, chair maker in the United States. His name's Sam Maloof and he makes these big, crazy walnut chairs. He's, he's no longer alive, but he had this business and that was his business. He's, he made these chairs. And I think he started off at a couple hundred bucks for a Walmart, or excuse me, a walnut chair, not a Walmart chair, a walnut chair. And uh, anyway, those chairs went up to, I think it was close to $60,000 a piece by the time he passed away. And they're still making them. Um, he has someone running it now. Just a smaller business. And that was their whole method. They just, when they got too many orders, they upped the price and the demand built and built and built over time. And that's how you control it. So I think that's really the best method, especially in price sensitive markets is charge where you're at, build your reputation and then increase your prices. Cause too, like your skills are going to build, right? Your expertise builds. Your, me now is a lot better than me 10 years ago, right? That makes sense. Right. Right. Robert, you say that, you know, it's important to recognize the contributions of past photographers uh, to make this sector sustainable for the future. Now, what exactly do you mean by that? I think with a lot of like new technology and things, it, it's very easy to kind of just be focused on the next big thing and all that stuff. And I, I see that a lot in culture and stuff. And I think the general public thinks that way too. But the matter of fact thing with photography is we're using the same principles that were invented over a hundred years ago. And it, that just hasn't really changed. What has changed is like the digital camera technology and the editing and things like that. And I think it's way too easy to get stuck in the latest trend and the latest thing and all that stuff. But those things don't make you a better photographer. And I think a lot of those good lessons that we're always looking for those new things. I think it, they're already there and history just seems to have this pattern of repeating itself. So I think it's really important to understand, uh, I think the sacrifices that people made to bring this industry to where it is. And I think uh, it's really important as a professional that you look into that and understand that and take those lessons. And then also merge that with the new technology and the new way of doing things as well too, to just be more holistic. And I think you'll benefit from that. Right. Right, Robert. Okay. I'll ask one more question, but before that, Robert, whatever you do, you do a lot of great stuff. I saw it on your website, some of the great pictures there. So how can somebody connect with you? Uh, and because you uh, provide services to global clients, so how can one take your services? How do they connect with you? Yeah, for sure. Uh, the easiest way is just our website. So it's just, uh, it's my name. So it's uh, Robert Loudon, R-O-B-E-R-T. L-O-W-D-O-N.com. And then we're, we're all on all the socials and you can just Google my name too and it pops up and pretty much everywhere. <laughs> okay, okay. I'll include the details also on the YouTube description so that it helps people reach you much more easily. Now, my last question to you, uh, Robert, is that, you know, you uh, make, take a lot of pictures and you keep on 
you know, pictures arise a lot of emotions in people, different sort of emotions. And they used to say that a picture is worth a thousand words. Mm -hmm. uh, does, does that hold still true? What do you think? Oh, yeah, definitely. I think they say it's a hundred thousand words now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I, I agree with you because you see, when, when we see a picture, when we see a picture, you like it and you have different emotions running through you. And sometimes while using those pictures, sometimes you need to put those alt text. And I can tell you, it is not so easy to put alt text to actually describe the picture. No. And you just wish, you just wish you did not need to. <laughs> I, I hear you on that. I, I honestly hate describing the photos. I'm not good at it. I'm not good with the words, really. I like the photography more. It's easier for me to explain it with the picture but yeah it's uh yeah it does heavy lifting like um photography is one of the greatest inventions there is um it just changed the entire world when people were able to take capture memories and see loved ones from afar and keep records it's just it's really astounding right right i understand and i guess uh, it, it's nice to know that Whatever the changes in technology with whatever millions of filters, new filters coming in every day, uh, the real photography and photographer will always survive and live on. Yeah, I think that's with any industry, right? If you, if you separate yourself and you do something that there's only a few of you that do to that level, you're going to be fine, you know. For the most part, there's always things like your telegraph operator might be to do something else. <laughs> Just kidding. Right, right. With this, it's a wrap on this edition of the KJ Masterclass Live. Thank you so much, Robert. Thank you.